teachers misunderstand that need to control and perfection as I'm being a good teacher. You're mm-hmm. actually being ineffective right. because you're not engaging the brain. And the brain is like this. It flits. It flits. And so the more distractions you're going to create, you're going to lose them. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood, where we believe in leveling the playing field and bridging the gap between the world of preschool, pre-K, and K-12 education. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and I went from a pre-K teacher of 20 years to a passionate advocate for high-quality early childhood education. I truly believe that the work you do, yes, you as an early childhood professional, is absolutely crucial, not just for your students, but society as a whole. I believe that you deserve to have the tools and training that you need to do your job well so you can really embody your role as a professional educator and your students can achieve their true potential. Listen in each week as I bring you real conversations with me and other early childhood teachers and experts where our mission is to guide you on your journey to becoming the most well-equipped and highly trained professional educator you can possibly be. All while helping you teach smarter, not harder, so you can live more. And there might even be a little humor thrown in here and there just to keep things light and fun. If you'd like to get started upping your early literacy game today, check out my book, Teach Smarter, Literacy Strategies for Early Childhood Teachers on Amazon. I'm your host, Vanessa Levin, and on this podcast, I'm going to share the tools and training you need to teach better, save time, and live more. If you're ready to get started teaching smarter, not harder, then head over to prekpages.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by ESGI, an online assessment tool that makes gathering student assessment data and automatically generating charts, graphs, and reports a breeze. You're listening to Elevating Early Childhood. I'm Vanessa Levin, your host, and I help teachers of preschool and pre-K teach better, save time, and live more. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest. This guest has been in the early childhood field for the past 35 years. She's served as a teacher, director, education specialist, and a program director. And she's also the recipient of the 2020 Susan Hargrave Trainer of the Year Award from the Texas AEYC. It's none other than Prana Richards. So Prana, I am so excited to have you here at Elevating Early Childhood. Um, I can't wait to talk to you about this topic. And we're diving in today on troubleshooting circle time because we just finished a podcast episode. If you haven't watched it already, go back and do that now. Um, But we just finished an episode all about circle time. But now I really wanted to bring you on to troubleshoot, right? So now that we know what circle time is, we know what attention spans are for young children, and we know the flow of circle time, what if the teachers encounter issues? I'm sure that never happens to any of our listeners. (laughs) But I thought it would be good for us to dive into some of the questions that I know you receive and I receive as well. And that first one is drum roll please <laughs> how do you 
deal with kids who won't come to circle time. This is one I get a lot. My kids won't come to circle time. Help us out, Prada. All right. So I, I just want to start off the conversation by recognizing that circle time sometimes can be a trigger for the adult who is running this space. And I think there's many factors that play into it, but the three reasons why children don't come to the circle time could be because of these three reasons that maybe are contributing to your circle time and maybe you could think about them. One, maybe it's too long. And I think you mentioned that you talked about time span already. There's too long or it's too boring. You're doing a repetitive stuff and children are not engaged and they're just losing interest in it. So too long, too boring. Or, you know, it's not interesting enough to them. They're not curious enough. And so you have to think of ways how you can engage their curiosity and interest and make it in such a way that that time at the carpet is actually going to meet the needs uh, in terms of wanting to be with you. So children want to learn. I want to start there. Children want to learn. Mm -hmm. But circle time quite often, this is what I'm noticing when I'm coaching classrooms, it's too long. And it's just, by long, I mean, you know, you do the same thing again and again, and it just takes forever while everybody has to say something, everybody has to contribute. That's not physically possible for little people to have their attention span for that long to wait for my turn. And so I am going to get triggered. It's, it's a given, right? So there's practical things that you can do to stop those basic problems of being either too long or the wait period is too long or it's actually physically too long, like 35 minutes and 40 minutes. That is too much. You're packing too much in your circle time. If you're struggling with them coming, that is probably what's happening. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Maybe we can do even a little role play. So let's say you are that mm -hmm. fun teacher, right? You've got puppets, you've got the best interactive books, you've got, you know, you've got everything that you need. You've got all the tools that you have that you need at your disposal and you love teaching, but your kids just don't want to come to circle time. So would you indulge me, maybe role play a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Let's okay. do it. Let's so do things, it. Yeah, things that I would include in my circle time that make it fun and engaging. And I think you mentioned some of them, puppets and this and that. I think um, understanding our children, I would start with that. Like what, what specifically catches their interest? What specifically makes them curious? There are also things that I would include that actually make them want to just draw them in. <clears throat> so one of my favorite things, um, if you've ever heard me speak before, is about breathing. Ready to learn new ideas not shared on the podcast that will help you thrive in the classroom? Check out our incredible professional development resource and support program at teachingtrailblazers.com. Right, breathing is a great way to engage the brain and it's fun. So when, when we create a space where we can be creative with our breathing, so this is my favorite book. You know I was gonna talk about some books, right? Oh breathing yeah. <laughs> Breathing like a bear is a very sweet way to make breathing fun. Um, and one of my favorites is even this one, the hot chocolate. So, you know, the fall season is coming and it's getting a little bit cooler. But I think you can notice that there's a lot of words with it. It's not just breathe and blow out the hot chocolate. It's actually like a story. It's engaging. It's, it's, it's getting the children's imagination going. It's piquing the curiosity. 
So making sure that you have breathing and pick three different children because you want to get three breaths during your circle time and keep your circle time short. I'm sure you already talked about it, no more than 15, 20 minutes. But sometimes we pack everything during our circle, you know, and sometimes it just is so dang boring. I'm sorry to use that word, but it is boring. It's repetitive, right? Make it make it relevant for them. Make it engaging for them. Start with the breathing. Do three breathing. Start one in the middle, one child picks. So again, that child is engaged. Pick another child in the middle of your circle and another child at the end of your circle. So you're doing three deep breaths. This is a good example. Yoga is another one. So stretching is fun. So some children don't want to come and sit and some children get anxious but I, I honestly feel children want to learn and children do want to be at circle. It's just that sometimes what happens is the teacher wants to be in control. She wants to create the space where I'm speaking and you're listening and everybody's eyes have to be on me and you have to sit crisscross, applesauce. Like these expectations of I am on the stage and it is your time to listen to me can be a power struggle and some of those who are wandering and some of those who are losing you and just not having any patience for you because they've seen it happen every day. They get into trouble. It's a trigger for them. And so they recognize that, oh, she'll scold me again or she'll call me again. And, and those children are really struggling with self-control and impulse control, which is a skill they haven't mastered yet. But also what's not drawing their brain is the interest. So, you know, changing uh, the topics, changing the tools, keeping it fresh, making it exciting. I have a surprise today. Everybody loves a surprise. And, you know, I have a bag. You don't know what's in it, but you have to come to the circle to check it out. So we gotta, we gotta make it intriguing. We gotta make it fun. Uh, repeating the same thing, even if you're doing the same thing. Okay. So circle has basic things that you include. Even if you're doing the weather, send the child actually to the window and ask them reflective questions. What makes you think or what makes you say it's cloudy or windy? Or what do you see out there? And then I've seen teachers have a, a weather jar where they keep a graph. Now it's fun. So there's a weather jar with sunny, windy, cloudy, all the different jars. And you drop a bead into it. But everybody is silent because you have to listen to the bead drop. Right. Th those are fun things to make the same task that you have to do every day a bit more intriguing from a child's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that it's it's a very it's like a, a science, right? <laughs> Teaching is 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 like a science. It's like rocket science. Yeah. It is it is not easy. I know some people think we just play all day, but really. I challenge anyone out there who thinks they can run a circle time that has never taught before to come in and give it a whirl because it is an art form. It's a science and it's, it really takes a lot of practice to get to the point where your circle time recipe, if you will, is perfected and that recipe changes every year. Wouldn't you agree, Prana? I, I would say every season, every month. Yes. I mean, you've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it fresh because mm -hmm. there's, you know, the other thing that's really exciting about including in a circle time um, is giving the children kind of something to look forward to for the day. 
So these are the cool things that you're going to do in the different centers. We were talking about fall before we got started. Having something like, you know, a bag or a tray or something that you can hold up during circle and say, in art, you're going to get to do this. It's uh, writing, you're going to get to do this. And dramatic, you're going to... Like using circle time as your preview for the day. Uh, You know, I love circle time. And I absolutely think circle time can set your day for success. But a lot of uh, dysregulated brains get in the way. It could be dysregulated brain from the teacher. Let's just say that. Or it could be from the child, you know, and behavior is just communication. They're telling me I'm not interested and this is not fun to me. This is not engaging to me. This is not catching my interest. So peaking their interest, making them curious, keeping it fresh, keeping it relevant, keeping it short doing breathing, doing, you know, stand up, move, like movement, maybe do the story, read aloud separate, don't squeeze it all into circle, you know, so not sure what all you've covered. But I think there's many things that we can make time, really, to me, circle time is a uniting activity, we all right. come together, we unite, we are connected, we're connecting from our hearts, we're connecting physically. So yeah, circle time is really fun. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great things you can do. And I think you touched on a lot of them there. Um, And and one of the things I get asked a lot too is um, I've been doing the same thing for so long. I need to spice it up. And the first thing I would, I have said to that, and I want, I'm interested to hear your take on it is, are you bored or are the kids bored? Like, cause those are two different things, right? Prana? Yeah, 100%. Sometimes we want variety, but we are moving it so fast that the children are not able to even absorb and recognize the variety. And sometimes it really is boring. Like, seriously, you got to freshen it up. You know, sometimes, (laughs) I mean, if you have not changed your circle time songs and if you haven't changed your circle time routine, Mm -hmm. if it's becoming such a ritual that you could do it in your sleep, it's time to change it. Or if you keep changing it every minute because you're getting bored with it, that's also two extremes, right? Again, yeah, it's a science. Like I said, right? It's a science. Um, And when you were talking about the bag, putting things in a bag, I just have to, um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, look at this bag, Prana. Doesn't it look super fancy and cool? Yes. Yes. It's, It's nice and large. Yes. Some piece of electronics that I ordered came in this bag. And of course, my teacher brain said that bag has lots of value in the classroom. So this is actually much more useful for me than whatever technology thing came in here. (laughs) You know, I have a brain just like yours. I see something and I'm like, this is so good to engage a child's brain. Exactly. This is a drawstring bag for our listeners. And if you just drop, let's say, you know, we're recording this right now in the fall. And if we put in some, maybe a mini pumpkin and some leaves or something, and then we closed it and then passed it around and had them like reach their hand in and feel the things, maybe we could introduce the topic. Yeah. Feel it from the outside. Guess what's inside it. Then feel it inside. Guess what's you're using different senses. But right. look, I can't imagine a child who wouldn't get drawn to that because there's a mystery bag. And I'm going to be like, I want to know. The other thing with the children who don't want to come is maybe there's a sensory issue going on. Right. So I don't want to dismiss everything with just attention and engagement. There could be actual physical things going on. So giving them tools in their hands, 
So again, tools and toys. We have this conversation with children. Some children need toys, uh, tools to be successful, and this is a tool. If they need a, a rocky thing, a, a stimulate thing, whatever it is, um, I think children are very capable and intelligent. And if you frame it like that, is it a tool or a toy? Then we can open that conversation. The other one is, you know, when children um, are constantly distracting somebody, maybe they need to sit right next to the teacher. Maybe they need an extra sensory thing of having a hand on your lap or handing a hand on your back, just so I know it's going to trigger you if you don't get to answer the first time. I, so I'm going to manage that, right? It's about knowing your children. It's about knowing the content. It's about making it engaging, but also... Uh, recognizing that children have different learning needs. Right. Yeah. It, you reminded me of a little guy I had one time in my class, Prana, who was always bothering his friends during circle time, right? Always touching. I've met him. I've met him. I know, <laughs> I know right? I don't remember this particular child's name because there's, there's several every single year. But this one in particular, I remember because his thing was um, making his fingers march up and down his friend's arms and then sometimes he would stroke them so he he was seeking some sensory Sensory, input so i said move move up near me and you're welcome to do that to me and he would just sit and stroke my leg all through circle time he would march his fingers up my leg you know i I know and i just made sure i wore pants all year (laughs) but but he was fine that way that was just he was just seeking that thing and it it wasn't like he was trying to bother children he was trying to misbehave he that was just the way he was so that was interesting yeah I I, I've met that child and uh, (laughs) and I think more and more now we are recognizing that more and more children have some learning need to get them to focus I think it goes back to uh, making it helping their attention and focus muscles to strengthen and it's a process but you know us having very long times to sit, long periods to sit, and making it so boring is not helping the muscle to get strengthened with focus yeah. and attention. Like it's it's adding to it. Here at Elevating Early Childhood, we're all about teaching smarter, not harder. And that's why I just had to tell you about one of my favorite time-saving tools, ESGI. I use ESGI to help me teach better because they have thousands of preloaded assessments I can use with the click of a button to figure out where my students are strong, where they need extra help, and where I should focus my small group instruction. It brings so much direction to my teaching so I can be confident that 100% of my students will be kindergarten ready by the end of the year. Plus, if you have assessments you already use and love, you can give yourself an upgrade from that tired, clunky old paper-based delivery. Simply design and build your own assessments right inside the Autotest Creator. ESGI is quick, easy, and saves tons of time gathering the data you need to teach like a pro. So what are you waiting for? Start teaching smarter, not harder, when it comes to student assessment. Just go to esgisoftware.com and enter promo code PREKPAGES, that's P-R-E-K-P-A-G-E-S, to try ESGI for free for 60 days. And you can even save $40 on your first year's subscription. Now, back to the show. So another question I get quite often, Prana, is what about children who interrupt? And in fact, I had an email in my inbox just before we came live today all about what happens when there is a particular child who just wants to talk and talk and talk and talk 
and you can't get to everything that you have to get to during circle time. So I have two strategies for this because we have all met those interrupters. We have all met them. There's actually a very good book called Interrupting Chicken. It's a really good. <laughs> have you read it? You know, it just suddenly made me think of it. So interrupting chicken is a good concept to understand. It's a normal urge. Children are very quick with it because they can't hold it. So I have two strategies that have helped other teachers. One is a talking stick. So having in your basket, I hope you have a circle time basket because mm -hmm. every teacher deserves and needs a circle time basket with her tricks and tools in it that she could just whip up, right? So having a talking stick is helpful an identified talking stick. So you could have several varieties of talking stick. You could have a rose, you could have a rain stick, you could have whatever. Having something that you physically have to hold is helpful. So whoever has a talking stick, this is a concept we teach children, right? Patience is a concept. Self-control is a concept. Like I can't reach, I have to wait for my turn. So if you have a talking stick, it's helpful. Along with the talking stick, I have also put a year on a popsicle stick and a mouth on a popsicle stick. So, you know, having enough ears and enough mouths. So whoever's taking turns. So we do this pair share. Um, so there's one strategy that we actually help children to learn patience so that they can take turn to speak. The other strategy is to create pair share so that they can quickly turn and talk to their friend, right? So I don't have to interrupt everybody, but I could have a couple of pair shares during my circle time just to help children get it out of their body because mm -hmm. they don't have that. So if, for example, if we're talking about the fall, turn to your friend and say, what did you, what, what did you do this weekend that was related with the fall? A couple of minutes, put a timer on, you know, there's many timers with five minutes, three minutes, put the timer on, everybody knows. And whatever they talk about, it's okay if it's off topic, it doesn't matter. The point is to get it out and not disturb everybody. So that's one strategy. The other one, uh, I have had that one child who just has a lot to say mm -hmm. and they've just mastered their language skills way too advanced and they just want to just add value to everything. Mm -hmm. So I've used a brown paper bag. So this special friend would sit next to me and I would have a brown paper bag and every time he had an urge to just say, I would have him open it and just tell it all in here. And what I told him was at the end of the day, I take the bag and I listen to it all. And I get all the things that he wanted to tell me. And that was very helpful for this little guy. It's <laughs> funny. Um, when, when you were talking about the mouth and the ear, Prana, I've used that technique very successfully because that visual mm -hmm. is so helpful for young children. Um, I use it for uh, turn and talk or pair share as well. But one mm -hmm. time I had um, a little girl who just wanted to tell stories all the time. You know, just, just if we were talking about falls, she'd talk about you know, her trip to the pumpkin patch or something like forever if I let her. So I started giving her the ear mm -hmm. and she knew that when she was holding onto the ear on the popsicle stick, that she was supposed to be listening. And that really helped her remember. And then I would make sure the mouth was in her sight. You know, I would put it mm -hmm. next to me or whatever. And then when it was time, I would let her finish her thought. And then I would give her back the ear. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's why having several in your basket, because mm -hmm. you may have a two or three kids, because there could also be that competitive spirit happening. If yeah. she got to speak, and I want to add, and some children, like you said, with the fall story, they're on topic, they're not mm -hmm. rambling, they're on right. topic, they just have a lot to contribute. Right. And so we don't want to crush their little spirits. 
That's right. But we also have to manage. The other strategy that I've used is I'm really interested in that. Can I hear more about it during snack? Can mm-hmm. you come sit next to me? Because I really want to hear it, right? So coming from the social emotional perspective and recognizing that children mm-hmm. want to feel seen and heard. And yes. during circle, can I please have the spotlight on me? Because the teacher gets to hog all the spotlight. <laughs> right. It's the truth. Yeah, I've used that similar strategy in my class where I, I will actually do it a little differently. I just say, um, oh, that's a fascinating story or something like that. I bet you could draw a fantastic picture about that during writing time. Love it. Love it. it. Again, there's the need to be seen and heard and understood, right? Yeah. Um, I have another strategy that I think meets the need to be seen and heard and feel like you belong. Um, So treasure box. Um, So I love using the concept of a treasure box. If you're not familiar with it, let me explain it. Of course, this is just a very simple box, but I know teachers are very creative and they can come up with a beautiful thing. So the treasure box um, has everybody's names in it, right? So I only have clothespins. So that's what I have and that's what I used. (laughs) So this is how I would use the treasure box concept. Everybody's sitting in the circle and the first thing in the morning I would take each child's name and repeat this sentence. So I'm setting up the day with, I see you, I love you, I hear you. Like, you know, I'm framing that. So this is the sentence I would use. Vanessa, you are my treasure. It is my job to keep you safe. Will you help me keep others safe? And so, you know, you would say yes or whatever. And I would explain to them before I do this activity, what is a treasure? And they would give me feedback, whatever. So if I asked you, Vanessa, what is a treasure? What would you say? Treasures are the shells I find on the beach. So something that you love? Yes. Something that you want to keep safe and always have with you? Yep. Something that makes your heart happy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we would have this conversation. We would frame it, what is a treasure? And then I would repeat the sentence. So, you know, I'll just say, for example, Jessica, you are my treasure. It's my job to keep you safe. Will you help me keep others safe? And I would put all of them in here and then I would close this box and this is my treasure box. And so for all day, I'm going to take care of you all. And when you make an unsafe choice, I'm going to remind you that that is not a safe choice instead of a good or bad choice. It's not a safe choice. I've also seen teachers wear a necklace with their children's names because that's their treasure for the day. And so, you know, there's a lot of value in social emotional approaches Mm -hmm. to issues that are happening. When children come to circle, it's a setup for the day. When children come to the circle, they want to be seen and heard and loved. And framing it like this allows that conversation to happen and do it for each child. And I promise you, the more breathing you do, the more yoga you do, the more treasure keepers you do, the more you start filling in the emotional bank, the behaviors will get reduced. That two are connected. It's not outside, you know. When they're leaving the circle, it's almost like I'm feeling invisible. And if I walk away, I know she's going to look at me. So I have a way for you to talk to me because that's the only way you look at me. If I'm sitting in a circle and behaving, you oversee me. 
You only pay attention to the ones who are dysregulated. That's awesome. I love that. I love the treasure idea. And it's definitely a new take on the treasure chest, the old school treasure chest where we used to give kids trinkets. That's a much more effective and appropriate way of using a treasure box or treasure chest. So I love that. What about kids who, like, I remember that little boy I was talking about, Prana, who liked to touch, like, what... What else can we do about kids who just won't keep their hands to themselves? They're touching their friends. They're playing with their shoes during circle time. Do you have any tips for that? Yes. So fidget toys are very good. Get fidget toys, have a basket of fidget toys, and and, and introduce the concept of tools. This person needs it. The other thing is uh, children's literature. You know, you and I both are fans of children's literature. Whenever we can find a good one, we get it. There's really good books from Discount School Supplies. That There's one in there that says, um, I can listen. And introducing the concept of, because when I'm fidgeting with my shoelaces and my friend's shoelaces, I'm not really listening. So introducing the concept of all whole body listening So eyes can listen, ears can listen, hands can, like, you know, when my hands are still, I'm paying attention. So it's not about being still and sitting crisscross. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is some children fidget so much that their brains cannot take the information in. So calling it out, describing, I've done this actually with teachers that I'm coaching. Um, I noticed that your finger was playing with the rug I noticed that your other hand was playing with your shoelace. I noticed that you were looking over here and there, but your brain is working really, really hard and your brain can't pay attention right now. So can you help your brain to pay attention? Once we bring the brain in, the children can be like, oh, yeah, okay, all right. What does that look like? You know, as you were talking, look what I was doing, Prana. Uh-huh. Fidget toys. See? I, ha- I have one of those poppets for our listeners. Yeah. It's uh, from like Target or something. Yeah. yeah. I love these. They're just, I think they're great. And if I like them, then kids must really love them. <laughs> but you know, we all need something to bring us back to the present moment. We're very easily drifting in our heads. And I think when we are fidgeting and moving and distracted, our brain is not engaged. And I know we started the conversation with making our circle time interesting and engaging. But also when we notice children are disengaged, bring them back. That's a good time to breathe. If I have to say, uh, if all eyes are not on me, I'm not going to read. I'm waiting for my friends. I'm waiting for my friends. Breathe. That's a good time to breathe. They've checked you out. They're not even listening to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the spirit of that, we were just talking about troubleshooting things and ways to get kids' attention. I thought maybe I could just do a real quick little demo or whatever, and then you could critique and tell me where I was going wrong. Does that I was sound just good? excited that I was ready to listen. I'm like, what's coming? <laughs> so for our listeners, I have a puppet here. I call him Allie the Alligator. I know I'm so inventive and creative. Um, I got him a very long time ago from a puppet place that's no longer in business, but he's probably still around. Anyway, um, I thought I would do a little role play. Prana, are you ready? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Okay, boys and girls, Allie the alligator is coming out and he has something to tell me. He's going to whisper something in my ear and then I'm going to tell you what he said. Okay. Jason, can you just scoot over a little bit and make room there? Can you just, yeah. Okay. All right. Jessica, keep your hands to yourself. All right. All right. He's, he's, Oh, I can't hear him because you're all talking right now. I'll wait. 
Jessica, I told you not to do that again. Put your hands in your lap, please. Thank you. Eric, no, we're going to sit right here. Don't go get a drink. No, Allie's talking. Ready? Allie the alligator. He says that today we're going to read a book all about monkeys. And Jessica, no, you need to move over there next to Brenda. Yeah, you're going to go sit right by Brenda. She's right there. And I think it'll be a better spot for you. Eric, no, I told you it's not time. Prina, what happened there? <laughs> that was uh, that was too hard. I really was interested in knowing what Ali the alligator was going to say. But all these, yeah, you see, I, yeah, I got dysregulated because of all the interruptions. It would it was too hard because for the ones that gave you the attention, they're also losing it and they can't mm -hmm. keep up with it. And the other ones, right. it's just, yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that during stories. Don't do that. <laughs> Right. Because what's going to happen is it's not just going to be Jessica and Eric and whoever else's names I made up. It's then it's going to be everybody. And we're never going to get to find out what Allie the alligator had to say, because I'm just going to be it's like playing little bunny. Yeah, foo -foo, little bucket, you know? yeah the bucket head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. you know, I had strategy. I had well to, done. Very well done, though. Yeah, I, I, had, I had a puppet. I had plan. I was very enthusiastic, but my need for perfection, right? Overrode the whole lesson. That like, is it. They're That's never going to be perfect. But also I think the need to control. Yes. So the, so, so the need that I need you to pay attention all the time when I'm spotlighted on mm -hmm. circle is so great. And I think teachers misunderstand that need to control and perfection as I'm being a good teacher. You're mm -hmm. actually being ineffective. Right. Because you're not engaging the brain and the brain is like this. It flits, it flits. And so the more distractions you're going to create, you're going to lose them. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the ways that I might uh, flip that around. So I'm just going to do a real quick one. And then you tell me if that was any better. Okay, Prana, you're okay. the audience. All right, boys and girls, Allie the alligator is here. And oh, yeah, he's got something to tell us. He's going to tell us about our story today. Are you ready? Oh, oh, he wants to tell Eric. Eric, can you come here? Allie's going to tell you what the name of our story. Oh, did you hear Eric tell them? Oh, yes, yes. Eric, I think you need to tell Brenda too. Can you tell, Allie wants to tell Brenda, go get Brenda. Oh, I forget whoever's name it was I said. Love <laughs> it, love the it. The other child. So what do you think? Was that any better? Love it. Love it. Because suddenly I'm engaged. Suddenly this is exciting because I get to come up and hear and I get to be the first one to hear and I get to share with the others. So you're sharing the spotlight. I loved it. Yeah. And I think I gave the wrong name of the child, whatever the other Jessica, girl was. Jessica was probably should have been Jessica that I called. I, I made up these names and then forgot what they were right away. It's, but it's I would have called I would have called the children who were causing me all the problems. That doesn't mean that the other children don't get to do just as wonderful things. It's not rewarding those two children for fidgeting or whatever. This is just a way to keep the lesson flowing and keep yeah. all the children's attention. And I think that is the key, what you just said. I think including different children for different tasks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay, I'm more likely to stay on the carpet if I never know when I might get to contribute. Yes. But if I have to wait for my helper turn or wait for the flag and those are already predetermined, 
I might just as well check out because I don't know when right. else I'll, you know, uh, right. the child who wanders is probably getting more attention wandering than the children who are staying on carpet focus. But yeah. they've also learned this, right? Children teach us how they want to be communicated and we teach them and they teach us. Well, I think you have given us some great tips for troubleshooting circle time. Just to recap, first we talked about what about kids who won't come to circle time and you gave us some strategies. You want to recap those really quick? Yes. So the ones who don't come, I'm trying to remember what I said. I'll do my best because I speak in the moment. So, I'm, um, okay. you know, be mindful that it's not too long, that there's not a lot of wait okay. period. Be also mindful that it's not boring and you're not repeating the same things. Um, make sure you're piquing their curiosity and interest to draw them in, keeping it fresh. We talked about that. We talked about making it hands-on. We talked about, you know, meeting their social emotional needs. Yeah. And then we talked about interrupting and you gave some great strategies there. I loved the talking stick and the ears and the mouths, just little pictures, right? On a popsicle stick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th those are great strategies that you can use right away. And I don't think either of those things cost a lot of money. I mean, are you talking about going out and buying a $50 talking stick? You're not saying that. Dollar Tree is our best friend. And we talked a little bit about kids who like to touch their friends, about meeting kids' sensory needs, and then also engaging children. So I want to thank you, Prana, Prana Richards, for joining us today here at Elevating Early Childhood. If our listeners or viewers want to continue the conversation with you and reach out to you, where can they find you? Thank you, Vanessa, for this opportunity. I can be reached at togetherwegrow.online. And I would love to connect with anybody who's looking for support for their team or school or I even do coaching for parents. You know, the same things that we are having in our classrooms, parents are having at home. Right. So we need to bridge the gap and not alienate our families. Absolutely. So I want to thank you again, Prana, for joining us. Thank you to all our viewers and listeners. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin. Onward and upward. Thank you so much for listening to Elevating Early Childhood. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut right here on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and follow these three simple steps. Step one, leave an honest rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. Step two, in that review, ask anything you want related to early childhood education. And step three, if you'd like a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name for me right there in your review. That's it. Easy squeezy, lemon peasy. Then listen in each week for a chance to hear your question answered right here on the podcast. Until next time, I'm Vanessa Levin from Elevating Early Childhood. Onward and upward.